Hello and welcome to the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. We're here to take you on the ups, the downs, the twists, the turns, and the excitement that is Premier Rugby Sevens. The sports league taking over the US with some of the best athletes our sport had to offer. I'm Dallas Stafford, former USA Sevens player and current World Rugby commentator. And I'm Robin McDowell, former Canadian Sevens player and current international coach. Together, we'll bring you the latest PR Sevens news. Welcome to your new home for Sevens Rugby. We're thrilled to be back for episode two of the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. We so appreciate the amazing support from the rugby community in North America and the global community for the sport we love so much. So thank you, listeners and viewers. What a treat it was to have Naya Tapper and Perry Baker on episode one. I was fortunate enough to spend some time with them at the recent Hong Kong Sevens as they led the men's and women's teams at that historic tournament. The first time the World Seven Series had a combined event in Hong Kong at the most colorful Seven Stadium on the planet. And uh, Rob's, I'll tell you what, Perry was so fun as well. During one of his interviews in the world feed, he threw out Rugby Sevens roller coaster. Uh, we need to find the footage somehow. We know it's out there, but him and I are brilliant ambassadors for our game. Yeah, they're both class on the first episode and sharing their journeys on the World Series, their stories as Americans have come through to the world stage and now as PR Sevens champions. Okay, let's catch you up on where we are in the current World Seven Series. We saw the Women's Series with Epic Cup Final in Hong Kong, won by the Blackfern Sevens of New Zealand. They beat an excellent Aussie Seven side. Great Britain won bronze in a surprise finish. Canada finished sixth in the USA seventh. But the big news there on the women's side of things is that three teams qualified for the Olympic Games. It's New Zealand, Australia, and the USA will be in Paris 2024. So far, of course, with France the host. On the men's side, well, they played back-to-back events in Hong Kong and Singapore. New Zealand won both. They defeated an excellent Fiji team at the iconic Hong Kong Sevens, then took a Los Puma Sevens from Argentina a week later. New Zealand had now qualified for the Olympic Games. USA had a thrill in Hong Kong, just losing out in extra time in the quarterfinals. Canada finished near the bottom there, and that's how things sit currently on the World Series. And for our Canadians, they'll be battling out this August at the Rugby America's North Olympic qualifiers in Langford up here in Canada, as well as all the other regional sides in the Caribbean and Mexico. Yeah, it was going to be as tight as a facelift there. Okay, so what's the latest in the Premier Rugby Sevens news? Well, two massive things hit the stage the last month. The five tournaments that we're going to see coming up this year will be broadcast either on CBS Sports Network or FS1. That's massive for the growth of the game, shown to new audiences in the US and beyond. Uh, and then the other big news, the PR7's championship final for 2023 will be held in nation's capital on August 6th. Audi Field in Washington, D.C. will welcome you to the showdown of epic precautions. Superb news, Robs. Tickets, of course, PR7's.com. But those are two big announcements coming out of uh, the home base. Yeah, I can't wait to come back to Washington, D.C., Dallin. That was my number one stop last year, one of the coolest, iconic cities in America, and obviously that stadium was class. Uh, we're, we're wrapping up ID camps across across Canada here, looking for the next Nia Tapper and Perry Baker, these crossover stars. Been lots of talent uh, over the last month as well. I was in Montreal early in April, then I was in uh, Victoria here. We had over 100 stars try out. Uh, last year, I think we had 30 or 40. So the awareness, the PR7s is coming. And then I'm back off to the prairies uh, on Thursday here to look for talent. So we got our final ID camp of 2023 in Edmonton, Alberta. And then wrapping up this weekend is the draft. So we have, this is our third stage of the draft. So we'll be locking up our 15th and 16th picks. And I know the league will be announcing those stars in the coming weeks. And I know for our athletes that have been drafted already, they're chopping at the bit to share with their family and friends. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm just checking my phone. I didn't get any no messages have come through, but okay. Well, that's fine. Well, anyway, we, we have three brilliant guests on episode two. That's right. Not two, three guests. We have PR7's founder and CEO, Owen Scannell. 
who comes in and gives us a great update of how things got started, where we're going, uh, and what's what's coming up, which is brilliant. And then two excellent guests after that. All Black Sevens flyer Brady Rush, fresh from winning the Hong Kong Sevens and Singapore Sevens, is with us, plus Olympian and former USA Sevens captain Abby Gestaitis. Well, it's action-packed. We can't wait for you to enjoy episode two of the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. A huge honor. We have founder and CEO of PR7, Sleek Sensation, Owen Scannell, joining us for a quick chat. Owen, firstly, there's a rumor that's going around that you taught Olympian Madison Hughes everything he knows about the game when you play together. Is that true? You know, I think that's not only true. I think I have the uh, distinguished honor of uh, having assisted on Madison's first collegiate try. Um, granted, I don't think the pass I gave to him went to hand, but you know, I think he saw, you know, everything from my, my hip mobility and natural athleticism and said, you know, that's the guy I really want to, uh, to, to imitate and learn, learn a lot from. So, no, uh, I, I think I, I taught Madison next to nothing, but I did have the very distinct honor of, of playing with him and, um, you know, being a, being a friend of his. So. Well, exactly. You talk so highly of you. And of course, it's really cool that you are teaming up these days in, in the business world too, which is brilliant. And getting Madison to play and commentate, I think it's so great, you know, so good combo there. So let's get right into it, my friend. Tell us about the idea. How did it come about? How did the Premier Sevens come to fruition? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, the quick backstory on, on this competition, right? I think looking around at rugby in the United States and kind of seeing that there was this really tremendous sport that really it had impacted so many people. I had impacted myself, you know, in, in my college days. And, um, you know, it was, it was such a great kind of formative experience. And one of the things I, I looked around at was, you know, how do you get as many Americans as excited and impacted by rugby without ever having really to pick up a ball? Um, I think looking at the success of, of sevens, of how rugby sevens has been able to proliferate and, um, and, and grow in, in the United States, you know, from, from things like the CRC and other competitions. Really, I thought there was a, a, a really cool moment in time um, to, to see if there was a potential around creating a professional sevens competition. Um, and so that was kind of the genesis of PR sevens, really. The, the question just came down to packaging, right? How do you, how do you make a pro sevens competition work, right? It doesn't really fit the traditional city-based format or, you know, you can't play home and away for, you know, for, for something where games are only... 14 minutes long and really kind of looked around at the, the sports landscape and kind of saw that there was the opportunity to do, you know, a, a traveling circuit type of model, similar to what they do on the international stage, but replicate it with teams from, you know, from our competition. So pushing the ball forward, exploring, building out the models, you know, this is you know, probably stuff that's a little too boring for, for the podcast here, but you know, that was kind of the genesis of the, of the concept and how everything, you know, and, you know, eventually got to bring on Mike Tolkien on the team that we, we assembled eventually kind of started chipping away at that wall of the the impossibilities and eventually got our 2021 uh, inaugural championship in memphis organized which was fantastically successful in everything that we were hoping for yeah it's been a you know it's been really a a exciting journey and you know especially going into 2022 and where we're kind of building from here you know, with the World Cups coming, with the Olympics coming in 28. I mean, it's such an absolutely exciting time for the sport in the U.S. Well, and I want to say just a quick comment. Uh, you know, Robin and myself have been obsessed with sevens because we're smaller body shaped and, you know, people call us slippery eels here and there. The sevens game captures the imagination of the whole world. And we know that when rugby is seen in America and they see sevens, people get up and be like, what is that sport? I want to play it. I want to get involved. But it's hard for them to see it. 
it's two in the morning, right? When it's played into the Dubai sevens and stuff like that. So the fact that, you know, you took the lead and, and was the creator of this wonderful league. Uh, we're, we're obsessed with it. We love what you're doing. And uh, we know it's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think you know, you're, you hit on a great point there, Don, which is it's the idea of creating you know, sevens, I think, as a format for, for rugby is such a great first encounter for people with the sport right it's a great for americans in particular right you know it's a possession-based game i mean you, when you think about american football and the parallels to it sevens just closely resembles this the, the strategy the tactics the, hey i want the ball and i want to score type of mentality that every football fan is used to seeing right what i really loved the, about the idea of creating a u.s based let me pause there north american based for for robin um circuit is really creating a product you know something that people can enjoy in the way that in which they're used to enjoying it, right? You know, to, to make something that is a, an American and Canadian as possible, right? You know, to kind of lower the barrier entries to get those new fans into the sport and excited about what we're doing. And for you, Owen, how do you feel the Premier Sevens will help capture the next generation of sports fans into rugby sevens? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know it's it's exactly that, right? It we're focused on the you know the next generation of American and, and Canadian fans, right? We want to kind of bring those people into the sport with the things that they're used to seeing, right? So you know, we are focused on American markets. Um, you know, we're focused on playing in the in the time zones where people can catch, you know, capture or at least get interested in our games. Um, you know, distribution is, of our of our content is, is super important, right? You know, we want people to be able to discover. A huge announcement for us is our, our partnerships with CBS Sports Network and FS1 for you know putting rugby sevens on linear cable for five weekends throughout the summer. I, I mean, just a you know massive amount of people will be able to see the sport for the first time. You know, and, and really, I think what, you know, the kind of onus for us going into this year, one of the big steps that we wanted to make was really to hone and refine the product, you know, on the field. When I say product, I mean, like, what the competition is all about, really to appeal to, you know, those fans. Um, so, you know, step one, obviously, was, was taking our team names, growing our competition and then regionalizing the teams, right? You know, we want everybody to come into the game with with their favorite PR7s franchise, um, you know, with, with the kind of the men's and women's teams that, that make up that that franchise. You know, we want to have host markets, right? You know, with this year, I think it'll be really cool when you go to Q2 Stadium in, in June and the Texas team is the host team, right? They'll get the pyrotechnics, they'll get the, the, the music. All the atmosphere is going to be built around having that team be the home team, which is what people love. They love you know, the tribalism and passion of rooting for their team against their rivals. So we're trying to, you know, create that, that element. Beyond that, right, every, you know, sports fans and American sports fans love brackets, right? They love single elimination. They love stakes, right? So, you know, introducing a playoff competition where, you know, teams have to qualify in order to make the championship in D.C. is such a huge step for, for the way this format is supposed to work, right? Every game now has tremendous implications in terms of where teams finish and, and how players respond to you know the, the the adversity that they come across more and more as we kind of grow and build this platform out um we're, we're trying to consistently capture the imaginations of you know of american sports fans right giving them something an opportunity to connect to the sport in ways that they really may have never you know been able to kind of understand or or or, or see rugby before um you know, we're really excited to see how the summer 
Well, I'll tell you, as a, as a coach in the league, it's definitely raised the stakes for us. I don't know if you know that, but it's definitely raised the stakes for us. And I've I've instructed our, our 14 women that have been drafted so far that I'm not sleeping until, until the Sunday after we win in uh, Washington. So that's what I'm throwing down for them. But, uh, you know, obviously we're focused on the first tournament, but definitely ups the stakes for us. And I know our players are super focused on fighting because we want to be in Washington, D.C. again competing for that top spot. So it's it's not just working for the fans. Uh, you've got the staff and the athletes uh, chomping at the bit. So uh, that's what we want. A high standard of, of uh, rugby out there for fans and athletes. For you so far, we got two seasons under your belt. What are you most proud of going into the third season in 2023? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, we're doing something that is pretty, you know, unique in, in, in professional sports, kind of what we've built out so far. I mean, I think obviously, immensely proud of our, our team uh, that's that's been able to work through you know a whole host of challenges that never see the light of day but you know kind of persevere through those but also in, in doing something I think that is you know pretty differentiated we say all the time you know we're a, we're a platform company for our athletes right it's you know we are kind of, you know kind of giving people an opportunity to you know showcase their skills to kind of come from the you know grassroots of, of American rugby you know into our competition with the hopes of eventually making it into a you know international side or into Olympic team and, and so I think you know the fact that we're able to do that in the men's and the women's game do it in a way where we've you know created you know total equity and parity between the you know our, our female and male athletes um, you know it, it's something that I think everybody in our company is extremely proud of and you know, something that is kind of core to what we what we look to do. Well, for Dallin and I, we've obviously been involved in the World Series and a lot of different professional sports globally and domestically, as well as national teams. And the PR7 is by far the most organized and refreshing group I've ever been a part of. And I mean that wholeheartedly from player management, staff management, travel, like to understand for the fans out there, the league uh, owns all the teams, which means they run all the teams. So 16 different teams booking flights with 16, you know, different like hundreds of athletes, hundreds of staff into different competitions. Um, but what I what I really say to players that are new to the league is like you're looked after. There's no there's no parity between the haves and the have-nots. Everybody has, and it's it's down the line. And being involved with Canada, USA, Fiji, Trinidad, Mexico, it's like different teams at the World Series. Like they're playing on the same field, but some of them have kits, some of them don't. Some of them have new balls, some have old balls. Some of them uh, are working a job before they get on a plane. And the cool thing about the league is we have the full league support the second we get on the ground and behind the scenes. And that way, the athletes and the staff, we get to focus on what we love best, which is the sport and obviously for the fans. So, And I guess it just goes down to the leadership and definitely the team you've assembled. You've assembled, obviously, Snacks, the logistics legend, Richie Walker, uh, Mike Tolkien and and a, a brilliant team that's that's building around in behind the scenes, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been class, and that's probably why the product's so great. So thank you from uh, from the staff side. No, it's good. That was I'm glad you read the script there really well. You know, you make sure you say only positive things on the the PR 7s podcast. You know, that's what we that's what we uh, how we got to structure things. But no, I, I appreciate it. That's uh, well, well, well. Listen, it's not always positive, but uh, let's just say the PR seven is like i said refreshing and uh in, in in modern day sports it's uh so far so good so thank you awesome. cool. oh and uh last one for you before we let you go it's such a blockbuster sub summer coming up can you tee up what can the fans expect what's coming down the pike yeah for sure i mean you know obviously this is our biggest summer yet um you know we'll have five stops around the country with 
four weeks of conference playing a championship. You know, I think when we think about what PR sevens is all about, right. You know, there are kind of three kind of core components that a fan can expect, right. One is competition, right. You know, we lead with competition. You know, you'll see some of the best sevens players from, from the U S and Canada and around the world competing head to head in maybe the most exciting format that sevens has ever experienced, right. It's all knockout. Every match matters. And there's a, you know, a trip to the championship on the line, you know, on, on top of that, you know, the, the stories of our athletes, kind of where they've come from, it's going to be such a, a you know, an important part of what we, um, you know, what we, what we tell this summer. Um, and so, you know, the competition is really going to be, I think, top notch this year. Additionally to that, one of the core elements we want to you know, really dive in and, and part of our regionalization efforts here has been the community aspect. You know, we've done, we've hosted over uh, 12 talent ID sessions across the U.S. and Canada where we've identified you know, a number of, of athletes to be part of PR sevens this summer, you know, connecting to the communities, you know, and, and connecting to the grassroots of, of the game, taking that portion of what makes rugby so special in this, in this country and, and educating the, the fan base around the sport, um, you know, is, is going to be a big part of, of our efforts, both, you know, in our match day presentation, in our broadcasts and, and in our social and, and digital content. And, and the last piece, right, you know, I think this goes, you know, for rugby fans, this goes without saying and or people who've ever been to a seven start, but it's going to be an immensely fun summer, right? We have live music that we're about to announce in the next couple of weeks. That'll be it at, at all the stops. We're going to have festival partners, the adjacent programming and, and fun element to to rugby sevens that kind of festival atmosphere you know it, it's core to to the sport right and i think it's that unique experience that people just absolutely that if they know about it they love and if they don't know they're going to fall in love with so really kind of boils down those three elements it's the competition the community and the fun that we're you know we're, we're so excited about for, for this upcoming year and it's going to be a really really special time so we're looking forward to to having both of you out this this summer um in, in different capacities obviously but i'm also really you know excited to have to have fans in in, in the seats and you know get to experience what you know what we're all about oh and it's amazing we're so thrilled to be on the journey with you and of course we know the future is sevens i just got a text from madison hughes he said he, need, he needs a training partner so we're gonna let you go hit the field uh, see if you can show him a thing or two buddy and then uh, we'll see you at the uh, the five stops coming up I, I pulled a hamstring just now. I'm, I'm only kind of available for that. So, no. uh, you can't use my excuse. Owen, oh, thanks for joining yeah. us, you sneak sensation. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's superb to welcome All Black Seven Sensation, Brady Rush, more elusive than the Loch Ness Monster. Kia ora, Brady. Thanks for joining us, the Rugby Seven Roller Coaster. Hi, uh, boys. Thanks for having me on. Well, listen, pal, firstly, I want to say we want to wish you a belated happy birthday, although in the U.S. and North America, it's still your birthday because of the time zones. Yeah, no, nah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Feeling old, so, yeah. Oh, nah, 20, 24 years young, you hot stepper. Uh, listen, we know that for a couple of birthday presents which were on the card, you've already qualified for the Olympic Games in Paris, winning the series. That'll be New Zealand's 14th title coming up, still two events to go. Give us some insight. It's, it's so tough to be competitive at such a top level. How does your team, the NZ7s, remain that consistent over this series today? Firstly, thank you for that. Um, one of our goals this year was to qualify for the Olympics and um, to do it so early has it been pretty cool. Yeah, well, we're obviously, our next goal is to chase the uh, World Series this year. And like you said, probably our 14th. So um, I think that'll be pretty special. And I think, yeah, we've got two tournaments left to go. 
Um, they're going to be a tough tournaments, but um, I'm hoping we can seal the deal by the end of it, which would be pretty special, just to top off our year. All the boys have been working pretty hard. But, um, yeah, now, nah, um, yeah, goes to show all the hard work we're doing back home and um, just like the depth of our team. Uh, we've had a few injuries this year, just all our young boys stepping up and, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's been impressive. It's, you know, we could list a whole team of players that w- could be <laughs> starting but aren't there. Uh, but your, your team that does represent the Southern Weekend just so consistent, amazing. Yeah, our, like, our older boys have um, set the tone for us. They're training and we get to train against them every day. And I think it's um, it's been pretty good for us. We've always said it. Um, we get to train against the best every day. It's always tough trainings. Um, and then the boys just have to step up and uh, show what they can do on the World Series, which is pretty cool. Brady, talk to us about winning back-to-back events and your side managed to take out the very good Fijian team in Hong Kong, an excellent Argentina side in Singapore. Can you give us a bit of insight into this last tour and what it meant to win both of those tournaments back-to-back? Uh, yeah, we've been talking about um, trying to win a back-to-back. I don't think we've done it since 2016, so that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, obviously, after our last tournament in uh, Hong Kong, we didn't even make the quarters, so the boys were pretty hungry to uh, get a win over there and... Um, yeah, we happened to beat Fiji in the final. It was always going to be a tough game. I think we had a pretty hard pull to get there too. So uh, it was pretty special to get out of there and then uh, to go the whole way. Yeah, well, I think we haven't won it there in about nine years or something. So that was, that was also pretty cool in itself. And um, I know it was a few of our first wins over there in uh, Hong Kong. I think there was only two people in our team that had won Hong Kong before. So it was pretty cool to do that. And then uh, to win um, Singapore was pretty special as well. Um, we made the final there last year after being off for a while with COVID and stuff. But, um, yeah, Argentina was always going to be a tough game too. And they proved to show that. Um, it was only two points with it by the end of the game. And, um, yeah, nah, just pretty happy to get it done. Yeah, and you yourself, you had a lovely run uh, when they overthrew messed up their line out and you just took it to the house in Singapore. It was, it was great to see. I want to touch on your family because, of course, you know, a big part, of course, the Rush name comes from back in the day with your father, Eric, uh, being so famous in the game of seven, the, a fitness guru. When you were a youngster, did you get a chance to watch him play? I know you played till, till pretty late in his career. Yeah, I think he finished playing when he was about 40 or something. Um, but nah, he'd, he'd finished up by the time I'd been able to even know what rugby was, to be honest. I was about two or three when he finished up. But yeah, I see the odd... Odd video yeah. on the internet, and uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Not and too bad and listen, uh, he's still super fit, is what, what everyone says. So, does he challenge you every now and again to a little foot race or occasional fitness session? Yeah, he usually tries to keep up with me and my brother, um, but uh, he's getting on a bit. He actually called me last night. He's he, t- he had a bet with us when we were younger. If we'd beat one of his uh, runs, he'd buy us one of us a car. Oh. I think we're getting. I think we're getting pretty close and he's he's getting scared and he's trying to pull it out of this bit. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay, good. We've got to get the big man on himself. We'll get him on uh, on the next pod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's one thing to beat his fitness scores, but it sounds like you got another 16, 17 years under your belt uh, before you beat that record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. All right. Can you take us back to your first international debut with the All Black Sevens and what it meant to have your family there with you to experience that? It was about um, this time last year, it was um, Singapore. This is our first tournament. I debuted with uh, four of the other boys, Leroy, Carter, uh, Moses Leo, Caleb Tangitao, and uh, Kitiana Vai. Um, 
all pretty um, respected names so far, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, debuted in uh, Singapore and uh, to have mum and dad there was pretty special. Yeah, I've always dreamt of playing in this team and um, to be able to play with people that I watched on TV growing up is pretty special. But um, to do it at training every day as well, is, uh, I've got to pinch myself every day. So it's pretty cool, yeah. There was a lovely footage of, of your dad and your mom in the crowd, you know, when you were on the field making your debut as well. I'll never forget that clip. So that that's cool. You got those. Because when your father played, they probably weren't filming every event. I mean, I know you started in like 88, you know, it was black and white television, that sort of stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, it's always pretty cool to see mom and dad on the screens. But um, yeah, like I said, it was black and white back in the day. I think he's got the old... <laughs> VHS yet, so yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Time. yeah, well, don't worry, Robin's got the same thing as well, so all good, you know. Um, listen, uh, Brady, I want to say rugby, of course, has allowed you to travel the world to see a lot of cultures and meet so many great people. Uh, and then last year, you were in the United States playing the Premier Rugby Sevens. What was your time like in America? I know you've been here before playing some Sevens, but you actually got a chance to stay here for a little while. What was it like? Yeah, nah, um, I've been traveling quite a bit, um, the last year or so, and um, Pretty thankful for that and what rugby does for it. Um, yeah, got over to the States last year. Um, Richie Walker and them got me over uh, with the headliners. Yeah, unreal experience um, to get to travel the States, see some pretty cool places. And even the people over there were pretty awesome. Um, I've made some mates for life, actually. I got about three phone calls, four phone calls from them last night for my birthday, which was uh, pretty cool and thankful for well, that um yeah now nah, it was it was, it was a, um unreal experience actually and talk to me about the competition <laughs> side what was the level like a play in the pr sevens and overall experience for you on field yeah it's obviously um pretty good there's about seven or eight of the boys that are um gone on to play for the u.s side and about three or four other um ladies as well so it goes to show that um levels up there and um it's a good place for people to start um showcasing what they got and um yeah well yeah i played with some of the u.s boys and we're good mates now and um it's always good to play against them on the series too but um yeah the pr sevens is where it all started for us all now nah, mates for life now so yeah I, I love that and that's a great thing about the sport right you can play be teammates one week and then you're going against each other next week which is cool you know so uh, let's talk about that. You mentioned the headliners. You know, you were part of that uh, franchise win where the women's and the men's points were combined and you won the United Championship. What's it like when you had the women's team as well? Because you were supporting each other. I know Grace Kukutai was there, a former Black Fern, and then uh, Abigastitis, former USA Eagle, was leading the headliner side. You guys had seemed like you all had a good bond together, right? Yeah, we had a pretty good dynamic, actually. Um, we were always uh, with each other, like um, the ladies and the boys teams. Uh, whether it was playing cards during the week or uh, catching up for dinner or something. Um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool um, atmosphere. But, um, yeah, thankfully the girls carried us to winning. But um, the, I don't think we won a tournament. We'd come second a few times, so they carried us a little bit. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, nah, um, getting to uh, play with my mates over there, um, supporting Grace and stuff, which um, was pretty cool to have someone uh, close to home. And, um, yeah, we've caught up a few times since, so that's been pretty cool. Um, yeah, and uh, just to get to watch them do their thing, um, I think it's a bit of a cool thing to see the ladies' game um, being pushed as well, which is mm. pretty awesome. And to have um, ladies like Abby out there as well, leading a few of the younger girls around, which yeah. um, was pretty cool. Exactly. And I bet your phone blew up as well. When people got to see you, you know, we, we showed a lot of the games overseas as well. Did, did your friends message some of your teammates from the All Black Seven saying, hey, listen, how do I get to play in this tournament? How do I get to come to America for a bit of a holiday and play some rugby? 
Yeah, a few of the boys have been messaging, and um, I know that I know they're keen. Um, yeah, I said it was always uh, going to be a good opportunity, and to well, they're trying to come through me now, and I don't know who to hit up. <laughs> <laughs> you should take a fee. You should take a little fee. You could you can push Richie yeah, Walker to the fee. side. Hey, it's now you. Yeah. Well, send me all your black ferns because uh, I'm sure they'd like to be loonies. I'll take them all day. Actually, we got some some exciting announcements coming up in the next few weeks who will be released from from New Zealand and around the world. So you kind of paved the way. So thank you for that. Just changing gears, like what advice have you received from any coach or mentor that's really helped you to get to where you are in your life right now as an athlete? What's uh, some advice I've been given? Um I was just to keep my head down and work hard and um, eventually things would pay off for me. And um, I think I've done that a little bit. Just um, I was working for a bit outside of school. I was training by myself and, um, yeah, got the opportunity to play and ended up taking it with both hands and here I am today. So, yeah, pretty grateful, actually. And how would you describe Coach Laidlaw's coaching philosophy and, and what's it like to play for him? Yeah, no, nah, he's 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 awesome. Um, he's a great driver of um all our values. Um, he's got a good way of connecting all the boys together. And it's quite funny actually because he's Scottish and um, having all the Kiwi Islander boys under him, we didn't we don't understand him half the time. But um, yeah, it's pretty cool. He is a funny dude. He really is. You're right. It is. You forget he's Scottish because he's been with the New Zealand team for so long. You know. Okay, last question before we let you go. Any embarrassing moments you could share or it could be an embarrassing moment for one of your teammates? Oh, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I've got a few embarrassing moments, but I don't think they're fit for the podcast. <laughs> I don't think they're very... Um, there's probably a reason why Leroy Carter and um, Adam Chanel from the US team are good mates. They're both grubs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Well, listen, buddy, it's been so lucky to chat to you. Uh, awesome to see you do your thing on the World Series uh, we appreciate you spending time with us on the Rugby Sevens roller coaster. We want to wish you, of course, all the best for the next two stops, France and England. Uh, and then I know your PR Sevens teammates are wishing you well and uh, to carve it up and finish up with that series win as well. Now, nah, thanks for having me on, fellas. I'll see you later on. It's fantastic to have former USA Sevens captain, Olympian, and talented opera singer, Abby Gastardis, join us on the Rugby Sevens roller coaster. Yeah, that's a new one for you, Abby. <laughs> Really caught me off guard there with that introduction. <laughs> well, listen, I figured I made just a play because you were part of the headliners in the PR sevens, so that's kind of when I when I got it there. Well, listen, let's talk about your post professional career. Obviously, I got a chance to interview with my background here at the Hong Kong Sevens recently. You were one of the brilliant HSBC ambassadors. Give us a background into you know how you got into these brilliant gigs and how you got to smooch with the with the wealthy and the rich and famous. I think they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel at this stage. They're like, literally, they must only have women's size medium red polos left and there's no one else available. And they're just like, I, I guess we'll give it to that lady. I don't know. But it's been an unreal journey, actually. I had no idea what the post-career life would take me. Little did I know that I would still be traveling on the circuit as much as ever, if not more than ever, going to most of the men's tournaments as well and just kind of figuring out what i like obviously rugby i love this sport i'm super passionate about it growing it in america and continuing to get light on the women's game and whether that's through 
broadcasting. I've got to commentate with you a bit on a few stops. Uh, headed to Toulouse in a couple of weeks uh, to round out the women's series and HSBC ambassador alongside some absolute legends. Nolly, Alicia Quirk for the first time in Hong Kong was amazing. And our American crew, Todd Clever, and then, you know, we brought in the Aussie, Adam Ashley Cooper, which was an absolute blast, regardless of the hailstorms, which you also experienced. But honestly, just grateful to be surrounded by amazing people and still involved in this incredible sport. It's really all you could ask. Well, it's so great. Again, you're such a great ambassador. Um, in that interview that we did, a lot of people commented around the world how it is so great to see your familiar face still there, involved, and, and and encouraging the young girls to take part in the sport, which is awesome. And let's touch on the commentary, because I had such a great time commentating with you. You bring such wonderful insight. You're so well-spoken. Is it completely sur surreal to be commentating on the game that you were just playing recently, or what's it like for you? Very surreal. I love still getting that little bit of adrenaline, that sort of, like, spike of pressure, like, do not mess up or don't say a curse word, please. I don't think that would go over well. Struve would be very disappointed, <laughs> but I might not get the call back. Uh, it's kind of that double-edged sword of commentating the girls because you kind of got to be real and call them out when you need to. But at the same time, they're your teammates and your friends and you just want to praise them. So it's funny. They'll, they'll text me after like, oh, no. You had to say that? I'm like, you did miss the tackle, though. So I'm just, uh, the people saw it. I'm just the voice, really. Someone shooting the messenger. But it's it's been really fun getting to see the game from this side and to learn from you and a bunch of the incredible team. The, the whole broad, broadcast crew is just so talented. And every time I'm out there, I just pick up something new and everyone sort of has their own style. I'm, I'm, I'm no sleek sensation call caller like you, Dallin, but <laughs> I can read the game and sort of just speak to that. That's kind of where I just stay in that lane. And you do such a great job. I'll say it. that's the great thing is like everybody has their style, they're unique and their personality. And as an analyst, you bring exactly what needs to, to come to the game. And I, it is funny talking about your teammates or, you know, former former players and current friends that uh, that are calling you out. But hey, the best thing is that you're just calling it as you see it and it's up to them to do uh, to, to do what they need to do, you know? Exactly. I'm like, it's no hard feelings. It, yeah. it, it is what it is. It played out. And when you watch it back, you're going to think the same thing. Like, oh, I should have had that tackle, right? It's like, I just said it. <laughs> Thank goodness when I played a couple of years ago that the commentators were so generous because like if it was my home club, they would have fired up a chainsaw for some of the things I did out there, but they were so <laughs> sweet and nice. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get roasted. But the World Series is pretty generous compared to a lot of sports uh, and politically correct. Let's let's wind it back, Abby. Uh, when did you first discover rugby? Where? And can you talk us through your first memory in a game? And also, did your parents approve of you joining <laughs> rugby? That's a very great, great follow-up question. Uh, I went to University of Maryland. I played basketball my whole life, and I kind of thought that was the trajectory, right? Like, in my fifth-grade yearbooks, like, I'm going to play in the WNBA. Like, oh, just had some idols and just watched basketball, you know, studied it, played it before school, after school, and it was everything. And then just sort of as you progress through high school, it's like, okay, actually, I'm, I'm probably not going to play in the WNBA. <laughs> I'm sure I realized before high school, but unless I was super naive. So went to University of Maryland, 
thought I was going to go to medical school. One of my friends in our dorm was like, hey, I'm going to go to rugby. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, right? It's so such a classic American story. And then we had this big first look fair where all the clubs had their little tables out at the mall and like a beautiful day in the fall. And I'm walking by and some girl's like, hey, you're big. You should play rugby. And I was like... I don't know if I should be offended by that or not, but I'm just going to embrace it. I, you know, six foot tall, I'm pretty solid, 165 pounds, you know, stomping around Maryland. Um, So took the flyer, went to practice. And honestly, I never looked back. It's been an amazing journey. There's been so many ups, so many downs, but collegiate rugby is, as many people know, just a different level. And the social side, the team the camaraderie and to answer your follow-up question uh, my father was all in loved it he was like i'm coming to watch every game he's like i watched you beat up on your brothers for the last 15 years i'm glad you're putting that to use now and my mother you know it took her a while to catch on she she really wanted me to go to med school but let's be honest but later down the road she was very proud is still very proud Oh, that's absolutely a classic story, as you said, a typical American story uh, and well, well worked. Well, let's fast forward then, okay? So then you captain the U.S. Eagles in the Sevens World Series. You go to the 2020 Olympic Games. Let's go through your emotions. You take the field for the very first time representing Team USA in Tokyo. What were you thinking? Uh, just what a milestone. And you you get there, you achieved it. It's like all the hard work is done. Like, how do I just soak this up? It was a bizarre time, right? Throughout the pandemic. And so many, the postponements, we thought it was going to get canceled. And it was just like, how do I embrace this? How do I just live in this moment and shaking the captain's hand, running out onto that field. And it's just a stunning pitch. And Oh, just the nerves were there, but it was just sort of this like elation of like, I did this, like I got here and there were so many people that helped me along the way. So many coaches, my parents, my brothers, my family and friends, teammates, and so many women who weren't part of that 12 or 13 that really helped us get to where we were. And it was you were just playing for something so much bigger than yourself as proud as I was of myself for getting to step out on the field. It was so much bigger than that. And just to get so many more eyes on rugby, that's that was a big moment. And I've, I've I had someone come up to me, I saw Robin in tropical sevens. And I had a girl come up to me and say, Hey, I started playing rugby because I watched the Tokyo Olympics. And I, and it's like in those little moments, you're just like, it's, it's all so worth it. Like every heartache, every little injury and this sport, it's so much bigger than you. It's so much bigger than your team. And it really can bring the world together. And that's something that rugby really uh, separates rugby from many other sports. And just looking at the Olympics, I mean, it's it's still so fresh for you and fresh for us as, as sevens fans and sevens athletes and, and people involved with the game. But you know, 100 years down the road, you know, you're really pioneers. And also Premier Sevens is kind of groundbreaking. It might be the NFL in, in 80 years or 60 years and being involved. And everybody will be talking about the loonies when they won the first championship. Not not the second year. It's interesting. <laughs> Definitely the third year. But uh, 
just uh, just looking at the the Olympic Games as a whole, like I, I talk about it a lot. I've I've been fortunate enough to have been a part of five multi sport events, uh, the Latin Olympics uh, twice, Commonwealth Games as an athlete, and just just the whole piece as a coaching aspect or an athlete. Like you arrive, you work your whole life to arrive there, but it's basically like a carnival distraction, all different shapes and sizes. Could you give us some insight on what athletes that did you get a chance to meet at the games and who impressed you at the Olympics? Sue Bird, um, it was um, with uh, the whole basketball team, like the whole women's crew, the men's, the, what was so wild was during the opening ceremonies, it was like KD was there and he's like 18 feet tall and you're just like, what? <laughs> like he's two heads above everyone else. And like, I'm pretty tall. And I'm just like, Oh man, the whole team USA starts singing happy birthday to Kevin Durant. And then he's just, and it's not his birthday. And so then he's just starts yelling back and all the basketball guys are just getting all rowdy. And it was just this, such a weird moment of like, this is someone who comes from such a different background of sport. And then like the women's team, they were just like, they're just cool. Like they're cool people and like yet very down to earth. And then obviously they absolutely smash it on the court. And so seeing all of the basketball players, and I think cause I played basketball too. So that was like just a cool moment for me and let alone following up like gymnastics they are always all so impressive like what athletes to just perform at that level and like the amazing things their bodies can do and i'm just in all of them and i obviously surpassed that height limit a long time ago to be able to compete uh in gymnastics let alone i can't even like do a tumble roll or whatever they're called so <laughs> i was out but yeah, I think just bringing all of those incredible people representing so many different types of people from all over the country and just like that unifying factor of Team USA, like really giving someone and everyone like something to rally behind. And that's something I think America is so good at, right? Like we just want to be the best and we can all relate to that. And the Olympics are just the perfect opportunity for it. And so great, as you said, as you being a basketball fanatic got to meet those, you know, the current players there. That's that's very, very cool. Let's get back onto the PR7's wagon. Robbins Looney is obviously bummed out of the tournament, so we're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about <laughs> talk about the headliners, right? You played played with them and you guys won the United Championship. You also won the women's title. The United Championship, of course, combining the points with the men's side. Your men's side, we had Brady Rush on as well for this episode. He said your side and you in particular carried the team to obviously win that championship. Um, so tell us overall, what was your experience like? Uh, how much fun did you have on that on that tour? Um, he is definitely right. The women carried that. So you're welcome, Brady. Um, and maybe we taught you something in America that you didn't know about rugby because you're you're playing better than ever now. And your team's doing just fine, it seems like. That's <laughs> but, true. Right? <laughs> PR7s, so great. I mean, we spoke about it earlier, uh, just like the women's game and 
it's just one of the rarest leagues that offers the equality across the board. That's something I love about rugby in general, same size ball, same size pitch rules. It's just that equity is unreal and it's really hard to come by in sport. So I truly value that in this organization and what they're trying to do for sport on uh, rugby specifically, but the headliners, it, it was so fun. I, was supposed to be in the booth chatting up a storm, you know, calling people out for missing tackles. And then like a week before the first tournament, it was like, oh, wait, are you available to play actually? And I was like, uh, I think so. Yes. Uh, I did a little, uh, I think I was a free agent at some point. Maybe we'll call it that. <laughs> and I went to the headliners and I actually played in all three tournaments and it was so refreshing. Like the competition was there, but also, so it was like the laid back environment, the team atmosphere. It was all just good vibes and there were no egos. Everyone was just there to play rugby and have fun and get to know one another, right? We had a couple girls from New Zealand on our team and they brought great energy skills and just different point of view, which is really great to have. And the team just gelled really well. We had a few like mixes in and out, which is really cool with the sport too, because you can have like your core group of people and then just to have a couple girls slot in and still be seamless and still perform and play really high level rugby. It was a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to another season here. I, I don't know. I was going to say, yes. Okay. So what do we, I was hoping you were going to commentate with us. Okay. You playing, which is still, that's, that's, that's the best. I'll say playing is number one, commentating is number two, coaching is probably number three, Robin. So, <laughs> Sorry, okay, Robin. so, you, so you're playing in 2023. We've got to keep well, roasting yeah. well, we'll see what shakes okay. out. I think okay. I will definitely be in the booth for a few events. And Great. then we're sort of seeing, seeing how it goes now that it's uh, been a few months since I've uh, – tackled someone i i have been playing a little touch rugby which i will say is very enjoyable but definitely not the same and it's certainly not sevens which the last thing you want to do is step out onto the field and uh, i saw a couple of hit, i saw a couple of hits um hong kong sevens the hsbc ambassador tent but again that you know players might not have been carrying well there but after hours <laughs> no one knows what happens there <laughs> the red polo gang is just something else a different level of endurance yeah true well, Lockie's texting me right now. We're part of the plot is we're announcing you've just been traded to the Loonies. So congratulations, Th three teams in three seasons. Yeah, yeah. That, hey, the Iron Woman. Four teams still. I could maybe make my way around to each, but the eight that's <laughs> a bit tough. I don't think I have that sort of stamina in me. Our, our team comes with a tattoo, though. Oh, I did hear that. Where's so, yours? It's on the ankle. Yeah, Griff and I. Looney's yeah. for life, even though she's a retriever now. It's all good. <laughs> that. That's true. She so, can get edited. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I loved the, the Kiwis on your team last year because I rocked into Austin with a cowboy hat, not knowing it's more of a hipster town than a cowboy town. But by the end of the week, the girls on your team both had cowboy hats and boots, and they're still rocking them. How amazing was that? Honestly, I'm like, Grace, <laughs> put the cowboy hat down. <laughs> like, 
No one in America wears those. <laughs> Definitely not in San Francisco, that's for sure. <laughs> or Washington, D.C., which is where I spend most of my time between those two places. But, yeah, the cowboy hats, they're, apparently they're living on. Yeah, the team The team this year will be great. So just switching gears, what, what advice would you have you received over the years from mentors or coaches that, that positively impacted your career and, uh, and your life? Good question. I think for as far as rugby goes from coaching, just play as much rugby as you can. When I picked up a rugby ball for the first time, it was very social, but then I learned of the national team and I wanted to play in 15s World Cup, but I only played 15s. And then two years later, I found sevens and then I only wanted to play sevens. And it's like, just play everything, play 15s, play sevens, play touch. Like it doesn't matter. You're getting a ball in your hands. You're getting the skill work. It all translates. Yes, they're different games. You can argue that all day, but the fundamentals are the same. And it's, especially in America, it's reading those pictures, getting your rugby IQ up and the more reps, the better. And as far as rugby slash life uh, advice goes, I had a coach and he told me to just always make time for people and whether that's like the little two-year-old that is at the side of the game with a pen and like a piece of paper sign your shirt or it's your mom calling you after a game or it's your teammate asking you for advice because those are the things that matter like those relationships those moments how you make people feel and that was something that really resonated with me because as you progress, it's especially after let's say you lost a game or you're playing in the Olympics and you lose a quarterfinal or whatever. And it's like the world is over, nothing matters, but that's also just a fleeting moment. And there are so many people that impacted you along the way. So if you can just have that little tiny positive impact on someone's day or life, then that's going to go a long way than a performance on the field. Absolutely brilliant. Abby, quick question before we close. Who was the friend of yours that got you to play rugby? Who said, come out to that chain? Do you remember her name? Uh, her name? No. Okay. <laughs> See, this was the team at the moment with a brilliant thank you. It's full circle. And she gets the brilliant a mention from you, the Olympics. Brilliant thank you. That doesn't go. No. I know. We'll, we'll edit she, that one out. Yeah. You, <laughs> to be honest, she didn't even come to practice. <laughs> She was oh, like, that's epic. She's like, yeah, I'm going. I was like, oh, perfect. I'll meet you there. Didn't arrive. No. She doesn't get a mention for that reason. But Abby, out. I want to thank you for lighting it up on the Rugby Sevens roller coaster, for doing everything you do on the world stage. In the words of myself, you're champagne rugby. <laughs> In the words of myself. Love it. Thank you, Dallin. Thank you, Robin. It's been great as always. And I will see you both very soon. I'm sure PR sevens, maybe Toulouse, maybe at a Starbucks or coffee shop in <laughs> Tampa, Florida, you know, the rugby world keeps us you know together. It. Awesome, Abby. You bloody star. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Sevens roller coaster. Visit PR7s.com to buy tickets to the five tournaments in 2023. Austin, Texas, June 17th. Minneapolis, Minnesota, June 24th. San Jose, California, July 15th. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, July 23. And the PR7s Championship on August 6th. Connect with us on social media PR7s and watch any of the previous tournaments on the Premier Rugby 7s YouTube channel. See you next time, you sleek sensations.